got an interesting email uh, a couple days ago from a skating coach. And uh, I'm going to read you the email so that you can kind of understand the complete question because there are a few different questions involved with this. And then, uh, as always, I'll give you my two cents worth and uh, hopefully it helps out. So um, she says, hi, Jeremy, what I'm looking for are skills for my advanced hockey skater. This player is very good, tall, talented, and only 15 years old. I've skated all my life with the ice capades and currently teaching learn to skate and private lessons um, at this certain place. I won't tell you the location. We'll try to keep it a little bit confidential. Uh, I want to help this young man as much as possible. What other books can you recommend? No sticks or pucks allowed. Younger skaters on the ice feel intimidated by his size, speed, and power. Any suggestions would be appreciated. So um, <clears throat> this is an interesting question, actually one that I've, I've had some experience with. I've actually been familiar with a, a few um, figure skaters turned skating instructors, hockey skating instructors. So there's a couple things I want to make sure that uh, that this coach is clear on. And, and obviously I've never seen her work, so I don't know what her style is or what she's looking like or anything like that. So um, obviously this is just general information, not specific necessarily to her, but it'll hopefully be helpful to her questions. So the very first thing I would recommend from a uh, figure skating coach, any hockey coach really, but especially with figure skating coaches looking to coach hockey players, or figure skaters looking to coach hockey players, is make sure you're very clear on the differences between uh, the objectives and the skating stride and things like that. Um, because the objectives with figure skating, there's, there's a big difference in skating for beauty versus skating for power and speed. Um, you know, different things are done differently. There's, you know, things that maybe don't matter as much on a figure skating side of things that matter, you know, details that matter a lot in hockey. Um, you know, head bobbing is, could be an example of that. Uh, how to skate backwards is another example. So, and the reason I say this now, let me just be clear. I've, I've, I'm not discriminating by any means against figure skating, uh, figure skaters that are coaching hockey players at all. In fact, I've had uh, a couple I've come across, you know, especially when I was playing, where there were some phenomenal skating coaches that started out as figure skaters, but you know, made the made the switch over to to power skating for hockey players. Um, but where I see when I see, I've also had it where I've seen it go wrong. Um, there was a instance fairly recently actually where um there were you know basic things that weren't being taught correctly uh that you know i had to you know i was it was kind of a weird situation i was helping out with this camp and the first couple sessions were run by a figure skater <clears throat> and uh stuff that she was teaching was okay for general skating but it wasn't great for hockey players so what i'm trying to say is make sure that you understand the mechanics and the objectives of hockey skating um, as you start working with your hockey players because there are going to be details, there are certain details and things that matter in hockey that, at least in my experience when I've seen um, inexperienced, or I should say figure skaters that are inexperienced with hockey players, that some of the skating tactics and techniques don't translate over the way that they should be uh, should be taught. So make sure you have a good understanding. That's first and foremost. Next, um, as far as resources, you know, if if you need places to go to learn, um, 
you know, I don't know what's available in your local area, but if there's a really good skating instructor there, maybe go shadow a few of, of his or her sessions. Um, you know, we're talking like experienced hockey coaches that, uh, that you can trust their skills. Um, there's also some good resources. We've actually got some stuff that will be coming out soon um, on our site. But in the meantime, uh, Hockey Canada's Skills of Gold series has the first, I think it's the first four DVDs are um, skills, so individual skills, skating, puck control, shooting and scoring and checking. And then the second four DVDs are more team skills and team tactics. So offensive tactics, defensive tactics, team play, off-ice training. So the, some of those obviously won't be applicable to what, what your limitations are on the ice, um, especially when there's no sticks or pucks allowed. Um, but definitely the skating side of things, I think, will help you to at least get a good fundamental base on uh, what a hockey stride should look like. And, um, you know, if, if you are skating, if you're figure skating up at the higher levels with ice capades and stuff, it shouldn't be too difficult to know the differences. I mean, even just watching a figure skater, a, a really good figure skater versus a really good hockey player, you'll be able to pick out differences and you'll be able to see, okay, well, you know, in hockey, you got to make sure to do this. Whereas in figure skating, we do this. Um, it's, I do the same thing with speed skating, actually. You know, I, I really like watching speed skating. And I like to look at the speed skating stride and compare it and see what the differences are and figure out where their, you know, where their power and speed is coming from and and how some of maybe some of those tactics could be applied to hockey. So it's it's basically you're going to have to become a real good student of the game and maybe you're already there. Um, like I said, I've never seen you coach, but um, you know that is one thing that I would definitely say. You know, uh, um, when you see it go wrong, it's stuff like the players that they're not correcting the angle of the stride, you know, the hockey players push off to the side more than the figure skaters do. Um, head bobbing, you know, making sure they maintain a proper knee bend the entire way is, uh, extremely important to power and speed. Whereas in figure skating, it's not as much about speed. It's about looking good and setting yourself up for, you know, whatever, um, whatever movements you're going to be doing, um, you know, spins and stuff. I, I don't know the terminology for figure skating, so I apologize for that. But, um, you know, and then backwards skating, the way that I've heard it taught from not only from figure skaters, but just from um, coaches, skating instructors that don't know any better. You know, a lot of times they teach just bend your knees and wiggle your butt and you'll go backwards. And, and yeah, like, will you go backwards? Yes. But will you go backwards with power and speed and agility and the, the you know, the ability to go f as fast as you need to get your speed up quickly, all that stuff? No, you know, the backwards stride is, is much more complex than just bend your knees and wiggle your butt. Um, you know, there needs to be a, a, a good C cut, a good wide C cut, and you need to work in the cross unders, cross crossovers and, dif you know, different things like that, which is tough to explain on audio, but <clears throat> Um, you know, definitely, definitely make sure that you understand the differences. And then, um, yeah, I, I like the hockey Canada skills of gold as far as, you know, getting into some, some fundamental skating stuff. Um, and then lastly, I wanted to touch on no sticks or pucks allowed because this is tough. You know, we've got I've had parents ask me about this as well, you know, ask me, if, hey, you know, can we can we get on in a public session and you can work with my kid? And, you know, 
optimally, I usually decline that. Um, in fact, I have always declined it. And the reason why is because the stick adds an element of balance that is different than it feels. It feels a lot different without a stick than it does with the stick. There's, uh, it's, it's not, it's not the same. And so you'll be practicing. You'll, without a stick, you stay more upright. I find with a stick, you can it feel. I feel like I can get a deeper bend, deeper bend at the knee, a little bit deeper bend at the waist, and uh, so I'm more leaning forward as I go. Not leaning on my stick, but leaning forward as I as I go. There's a, like I said, the balance point is different when you've got a stick in your hands. So without a stick or a puck, you're going to be limited to really how far you can take this player. And if the player is as as good and talented and, and physically capable as you're describing him as, then it, it might make more sense. And I'm sure the parents, you know, hopefully the parents would be open to the possibility of spending a little bit more money and having your own ice. Um, some ways of doing this that, that have worked for me in the past is uh, talk to your rink, ask them if they have any downtimes, you know, during the day or maybe early morning before school, times where the rink isn't usually being used, and ask if you can get that ice at a discounted price. Once you've figured out that discounted price, then you can run your numbers. Um, so take the discounted price, add your own fee into that, and then that will be the total amount that you need to collect. Now, the way that I've seen that, sometimes that can be pretty steep. Some parents uh, don't mind that. Some parents, you know, can't afford that. So depending on where these, where these, uh, this family sits, what I've done, and it's actually, you can actually do more with this, is do, instead of a private lesson, do small groups. So, you know, take four to six, maybe eight players at the most and run a small group practice and divide that total fee by however many players you have. So if uh, if you can get the ice at a good price, and depending on what your rate is, usually you can keep it somewhere between 35 to 50 bucks a session for these small group sessions per kid. And that seems to be fairly reasonable as far as, uh, as, far as fees go for parents. Again, it depends. Everybody depends on a certain situation. But um, if it works out, then now, A, you can bring your sticks and pucks on the ice. You can do a lot more. You can work on more than just skating. B, um, they have partners to do drills with. So you'll be able to incorporate a little bit of passing, um, more tactical stuff, you know, as far as, you know, any checking, one-on-ones, angling type drills, stuff like that. And um, you can get you, you can get a lot more done by having a couple other kids on the ice with your players. Um, and it's, it's with when I've done it, it's been really good as far as development goes. So that's something maybe to consider there because without the sticks and pucks, a, the balance point is different. It's, it's just, it's not quite the same in your development. You can still get some of the basics, but like, it sounds like he's already got the basics down. It sounds like what he really needs is detail work, fine tuning, um, you know, and then giving him the, you know, the, the details, I guess I keep saying detail. It, it is. You know, by the time you get to the point where you're a well-established older hockey player, which I consider 15 to be older, um, you've got the basics down. You can skate forward, backwards, crossovers, you know, pivots and stuff like that. And and now it becomes a matter of details. It becomes a matter of, uh, you know, the little things that are going to set you apart from your competition as you uh, progress through your hockey career. 
And so there's going to be stuff that you really can only work on. Um, you're, you're really going to be limited if you can't have sticks or pucks. And then also, you know, where there's other kids on the ice and, and um, you know, you're not going to be able to do the same type of development that you could do with your own session. So I would highly recommend for um, this type of situation, I would highly recommend asking your rink for possible downtimes, see if you can work out a deal with your rink. And then um, ask if this player has any teammates that would like to join him in a small small group session. And it can be it can be a lot of fun. You know, when I was doing the small groups a few years ago, um, those kids developed well and they developed fast because we were tailoring everything to them. And in the small group session, you can it's similar. You still get the benefits of the individual session, but you also get benefits of having teammates and being able to do more drills because of that. So hopefully that helps. Um, I think it's, I think it's a cool thing. Cool. You know, good deal that you've got going on and hopefully you can help this guy and um, let me know if there, you know, if you have any other questions, but that would be my opinion on, uh, on your question. So good luck with you and uh, good luck to your player as well.